Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans teaching. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here on March 18th, 2019. We're in chapter 6. Today will be part 11 of our teaching on Romans. Uh, actually, part 11 of chapter 6. Uh, so if you want to backtrack and watch any of these, uh, you can go to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and you will find them there. You will also find them on the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com. I encourage you to, to go there, and if you, if you just are now jumping in on these sessions, uh, you need to be learning the Word of God. And these teaching sessions are, are a time when you can grab your Bible, your pencil, your paper, and you can hear what the Bible says and what the Bible means. The Holy Spirit will teach you what the Bible says and means. And then when you subject yourselves and by faith believe, then the Holy Spirit can begin to really teach you the Word because learning the Word, I guess we could say the initial part of learning is hearing. But we don't really start learning until we start experiencing. Then we can say we know what God has said and we're experiencing what God has said. So grab your Bibles uh, and follow along with us. Again, we're in chapter 6 of the book of Romans. This is part 11, and uh, we are going to be particularly in verse 8 today that says, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Now, the way we should read that is, Since we have died with Christ. And all believers who've placed their faith in Christ and what He's accomplished at Calvary for the atonement of their sins, the forgiveness and removal of their sins, and the power to live this life uh, unto God. Listen, they died, we died with Christ. Paul said we've been crucified with Christ. Uh, uh, and, and if you look back, into verse 6, the Bible says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Christ. There's a lot Paul speaks here on death, and death is very important. Uh, and you need to understand what's being said here about death. Verses 2 through 11, every single verse, 2 through 11, has the word death or dying or something pertaining to death in it. Because death is very important. You and I are born into this life in Adam's family, in Adam's lineage, all the way back from the Garden of Eden. Him and Eve are the, the, the mother and the father of all the living. And he is the first Adam God put on the earth. And, you know, I tell people all the time, I can't help that you, you don't think that you're in the part in the story that the Bible doesn't have anything to do with you. I don't want anything to do with church or Jesus or God. I'm, I, listen, I don't choose that. I, I wasn't there in the garden 4,000 years ago. Uh, I, I wasn't you know, or 6,000, whatever it's almost been 6,000. I, I wasn't there. Listen, you were there. Your daddy was there and you listen, it's not the way you determine things. It's the way God determines things. He's creator. Not you, not me. This is God's plan for man. God put us here. 
You can even reject that, but you're still going to bow the knee before Christ one day and confess Him as Lord because that's what He's told us is going to happen. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. But you need to understand, God has only put two Adams on the earth. A-D-A-M, that means men. The first one formed of the dust of the ground became a living soul when God breathed into him. And the last Adam... Let me say it again. The last Adam is Jesus Christ, that man from heaven, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 47. You can read about that. Again, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 through 47. There's the first Adam, a living soul. There's the not just second, but the last Adam, the last one God would send to represent all of humanity so that all of humanity could get out of the dead in sin, separated from God family, and into Christ, his last Adam, his last representative of men. So don't say you're not in the story. You are. Every person that's ever been born of a man and a woman is in the story. You cannot escape the story. Just be thankful God put you here. Accept his son as Savior so you can know him and belong to him and live for him and magnify him, worship him, and be with him forever and ever. Don't get mad about it. Get thankful about it. Praise God. But the key here is... This is why Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, you've got to be born again. You've been born once of a man and a woman, and that is of the lineage of Adam. You are born in sins, a sinner. You've got to be born again. You've been born of the flesh. Now you've got to be born of the Spirit. Remember, Adam is a living soul. We're all born as living souls. Christ came as a life-giving spirit, not a living soul. So Christ comes and offers what you really are, life, soul and spirit. That body you live in, that's going away. You better know it. Everyone that's ever been born of a man and woman, uh, probably over 120 years from now, that body is dirt again. But their soul and spirit is either in a place of torment now because they rejected the last Adam or because they accepted him as the last Adam, as God's son, the Lamb of God, Savior of the world because he died on the cross for us. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's good news. But death is very important. That's, he says it many times right here in these, uh, this portion of Scripture in verses 2 through 11. Every verse is pertaining to us having died and being dead with him. But we see that in verse 7 says, because he that is dead Jesus died for us. Our faith in that death, in God's eyes, in God's plan, immerses us into that death. We died with him. When God saw his son dying for you, because of your faith in him, God saw you, that old man that was born in Adam, dying with Christ. So that when Christ would be buried and come out of the grave, you could be buried with him also and come out of the grave in newness of life. Have resurrection power, praise God. You no longer have to live after the sinful man that you were born as into this world now. That old man has been destroyed. The Bible says it in verse 6. Our old man is 
crucified. Listen, we should not serve the sin nature. The old Adam, that's the old sin nature. The old man born under the lineage of Adam, that's the one born with a sin nature. Flesh is bent, can't escape it. The only escape is through Christ in the cross. Maybe you're listening to me today and you've just got an anger problem. You've got a foul mouth. Maybe you, you've been born again. You've been saved through the faith in the blood of Jesus. But you, you've got these things that are controlling you. Maybe fear is dominating your life. You can be free today if you will reckon yourself to have been crucified with Christ. You need to start living according to the plan of God in God's eyes, not what you think is God's plan. God's plan is that all humanity, every sinner, which is every person, would take and place their faith in, believe from their heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that God sent Him because He loves you that much so that you wouldn't have to stay dead in your sin, separated from God without strength and without hope, but that you could be born again and placed in God's family in Christ, but it's only through faith in the cross, His death. Death is what gets you in. You've got to die. Revelations talks about a second death. The second death is eternal separation from God. We're born separated from God because we're dead in sins. The Bible tells us that in Ephesians and Colossians that we are born dead in sin, separated from God, without strength, without hope. That's why Jesus had to come. You accept Him as Lord and Savior by placing faith in His sacrifice for your sins. Glory to God. And when you do, you're out of the old Adam's family. You're born again. You're into Christ. You're in Christ. You're now in the family of God. That's good news. Now watch this. Dead is free from the sin nature. Let me, let me say it again in case you're just not jumping in. You need to make a note of this. In the sixth chapter of Romans, the word sin is used 16 times. 15 of the 16 times it is referring to the sin nature. It is the noun, the person you were before you were born again, that old man that was crucified with Christ if you're born again, or that old man that's dominating you if you're not born again yet, or that sin nature that can still dominate you as a Christian if your faith is misplaced and moved from the cross, the work of God through Christ there that made that sin nature, that old man crucified and rendered inoperative, powerless, un you that's what from that old sin nature. He remains inoperative and you're experiencing new And let me say this. Only one word sin is used in this sixth chapter of Romans, which is in verse 15, does it speak of actually committing a sin as the verb. The other 15 times is the noun, the sin nature. So when we read verse 7, he that you, you died freed from sin. 
Not saying that sin's not tapping on your door or somehow even right now might have a hold of you, some bondage stronghold in your life. But you have been freed from sin when you placed faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. That's where you were freed from sin. You were made free from sin. When your faith, it's your faith in Christ's death that frees you from sin and keeps you in that freedom from sin. Not you going out now and trying to... That's psychology. It won't work. If psychology worked, Christ need not have come. You need to understand that. It takes the grace of God, which is God at work in your life, for you to be able to experience salvation and all it entails, which is deliverance in every aspect. I don't care what it is that may have a hold on you right now. Faith in the cross, you will watch that thing eventually let go of you. Guaranteed, guaranteed, guaranteed. If your faith is in the sacrifice, you will watch those things be cut off from your life. But it's when we're out there trying to get in the government of 12, the purpose-driven, oh, the better life now, the words, anything other, anything other than faith in Christ and His sacrifice plugs you back into the sin nature. Notice this, not committing a sin, but trusting in something, anything other than what Christ did about sin. Do you see how simple this is? Now what if we be dead, now we could read this this way, since we have died with, since we did die with, Live with him. We listen, we also shall live with him. Now, let me tell you today, this is not just talking about uh, one day living with him after we leave this body and, and we move on, and one day we're going to live with him. No, we have received Christ Jesus as our Lord. He dwells within us at this very moment by His Spirit. We live by faith, the Bible says. We experience the life of Christ by faith. Listen, Paul, in, uh, in, in one of the letters, he, in First, he tells Timothy, lay hold on eternal life. Eternal Eternal life has a name, Jesus Christ. He said, I am the life. He is the life. He is your Savior if you're born again Christian. Not if you're trusting in uh, some uh, prayer to Mary. Listen, that's outside of Christianity. You're, what, what entitles you to be a child of God, to have true legitimate faith in God, is when you believe from the heart righteous work that Jesus did at Calvary, that dying for you in your place, hallelujah, the wages of sin is death, and Jesus died that death for you, praise God. And I want you to think about that. Glory to God. That's good news. We're not going to be thrown out and eternally uh, uh, miss out on everlasting life and, and, and have to be thrown into a lake of fire, which is beyond what we can imagine. And don't think for a second, even though the devil's telling millions today, that that's not going to happen. 
Listen, the Lord spoke through the prophet Isaiah and said that agreement that you guys are getting together and, 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 and making with, with death and hell and the grave, that's not going to stand. When the flood comes, it's going to wash you out of them caves. That's what, the, that's, what, that's what the Lord said through the prophet Isaiah. You can make all the agreement you want to with what you think hell is or if hell even exists, but I'm telling you, the God who created all things and gave His Son for us also has given us His Word written down through the ages, breathed on the hearts of men, and they took pencil and wrote what God had said to them and through them, and we have God's Word. There is a heaven, there is a hell, and hell has enlarged itself, and most all the people who have ever ever lived and died are in that place called hell today. That's what Jesus taught. He said the road to everlasting life is very narrow and there's going to be very few that find it. But the road is broad that leads to death and many are on that road. You know who's on that road? Everybody who thinks it wasn't about Jesus and the cross. It's about what I do. It's about what they did. It's about Buddha. It's about all that. Anything other than Christ and Him crucified is on the broad road. You need to understand that. You need to know that today. There's nothing on that narrow road but Christ and Him crucified, that faith. So when the Bible tells us that, and Galatians 2.20 tells us that. We've been crucified with Christ. The, uh, verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. And verse 8, now since we, we have died when he died, as he was representing us, as the old man, our sins upon him, we live with him. And again, let me tell you, that life is right now... Most of the church has turned away from the cross. And because they've done that, they can in no way lay hold on eternal life. Jesus is our eternal life. The person of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is our eternal life. Eternal life is not found anywhere else. It is not heaven. That's a place. Eternal life is is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I'm in Him. I'm in the one who is my life. I'm I believe it's 121. To live is Christ. To live is eternal life today. And you can. If you're going to lay hold on eternal life today, if you're going to be able to believe unto life today, you, your faith is going to have to be in the death of Jesus. Watch again. Now, if we be dead, since we have those who have their faith in the cross of the death of Jesus can live with him. Today, I'm not going to live with him exclusively. I'm going to live with him forever, but today life is in Christ right now. To live because you're no longer dead in your sins. You've been quickened to get, you've been Hallelujah. And now you are alive. You're a new creation. God says, Behold, all things are new.
that's good news. It just doesn't get any better than that. And we're not waiting to live with Christ when we die and we're with Him in the clouds in heaven and coming back to the earth to reign with Him. Today we live. You know how I know? Because we live by faith. We live by faith. And faith simply means that not, not words you speak don't get you faith. Don't mean you're in the faith. It's when man believes with the heart unto righteousness. That righteous work that Jesus did at Calvary. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. Now what? Be dead with Christ. We believe that we shall also live with Him. Verse 9. No. Not reading, not hearing a preacher tell me, you have to know. Knowing is something that happens within a man's soul and spirit. You know, you know, you just participate in it. You know that when you go out and stick your key in the ignition and crank your car, you know that you're going to Walmart. You know that you're going to church. You're, you're, you're of being there. You, you have expectations of going to church and you put your key in, the car cranks, and you head off. Listen, it, it, you don't sit in the house and say, well, my car probably won't crank today. Uh, maybe if it hadn't cranked in a week, you might be thinking that. But if nothing's wrong with your car, it hadn't been, you know what I'm trying to say. Knowing is participating in something, considering you as a part of something. So when we read in verse 9, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, which by the way is something you have to believe to be saved. If you don't believe Christ was raised from the dead on the third day, and there's a lot of people claiming to be Christian today that say they really don't believe that. Now, I don't know why in the world they would say that because if you don't believe Christ as the man was raised from the dead on the third day, then that means you really don't believe that his death accomplished what he said it would. Because see, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, that means all sin didn't get atoned for. The wages of sin is death, and death still holds him captive in the grave. But that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible says that he came out of that grave, hallelujah, on the third day. That stone was rolled away, the guards freaked out, passed out, and Jesus was alive, hallelujah. You need to know that. No the dead. Do you know it? I hope you do. That means death can't touch him. He came to die once. No more. There's no, that's why when we are born again, we're in Christ. We're in the one that dies no more. That's why Jesus could tell us, you will never die. He that believes on me shall never die. Oh, don't get hung up on this old body. It's going to lay down. One day when you get that new body, you're going, to, you're going to think, my Lord, why was I so concerned with that old thing that I used to have? Man, that's, that, that'll be like comparing, oh, in, in a light manner, some old junkard 80-year-old vehicle out in the car that you can't even use compared to some, some fine vehicle now that does everything for you. That's a, that's a pitiful comparison compared to this old body, compared to that new one that we're going to get, hallelujah, that can't even have a headache, don't have any flaws in it. My goodness, we're blessed. No. Dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. See, Jesus 
had to come and die. It was appointed unto him and all men to die once, then the judgment. That's why another reason we say that the cross of Christ is the judgment of God. Because Jesus died and because he died for all sinners, all sinners, all God's judgment. That was the righteous work God did in Christ at Calvary. And the book of Revelation says that when the one who is Jesus comes riding on the white horse, he's going to make war and judge in righteousness, all based on that cross. On that death of what he uh, accomplished and finished there for all of humanity. And the Bible says he died, he tasted death for all, a handful, all humanity. Jesus died for. You need to know that. But the Bible says death has no more dominion over him. The only reason that, that, that death. Uh, death didn't have dominion over Christ because he was a sinner. Jesus had to come and lay his life down because we were sinners. It's our sin that put him on the cross. It's our sin he took as a sinless, sin-bearing sacrifice for you and me. Death has no more dominion on him. He's not going to take your sin on him again. He's already taken your sin on him as a sacrifice. That's why it's important to preach the cross. If we're looking, trying to give our, you know, you hear preachers say, just give it to the Lord, son. Just give it to the Lord. Well, the only place the Lord takes it is where he took it 2,000 years ago. You see, the cross still is relevant for today. When we move away from the cross, we hadn't got any way to give God these heavy things, these burdens, these sinful things, these sinful bondages in our lives. You know, God, take this for me. God, if you don't takes it, it's true. His son and what his son did at Calvary, you're going to live in sin and die in sin and be separated from God forever. And even if you've been born again, you have believed in Christ, that he's the Savior, that he forgave you of your sins. If, if you've been deceived like I was for years and just thought the cross was for your initial entrance into heaven, then you're going to miss out on living in victory and you're going to have to fake it and you're going to have to be self-righteous. You're going to have to just put on you're going to have to do all these things. It only has a form, but there will be no power there. There is no power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives if our faith is not in the cross. Don't listen to some preacher that says God is still working even if your faith is not in the cross alone. He is not. The book of Galatians refutes that. Tells us in Galatians 5, 1 through and 4, that if you, 1 through 4, that if, you, you, if your faith is not in the sacrifice, in the cross of Christ, you move your faith from that, then you fall from grace. And God's grace is God functioning in your life. Hallelujah. And he only does that through your faith in the death of Jesus. Write it down, Galatians 2.21. And don't just go look at it and say, well, I don't know what he's talking about. I ask the Lord to show you. It's right there in black and white. If our faith gets moved from the sacrifice of Christ, we have no other avenue uh, for, the, for forgiveness, for deliverance, for, for a strength to overcome sin and bondages. That's why all the programs are in the church today. That's how all these fads get started 
because men, preachers, do not know the cross is the answer and, and those who hear this and, 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 and they know they cannot refute it with Scripture means they're trusting in things outside of Scripture by twisting Scripture. And Peter said if you do that, it's going to bring destruction in your life. And my friend, if your faith is not in the cross alone today, you already are reaping corruption because you're sowing to the flesh. You can't sow to the Spirit unless your faith is in the cross. Sowing to the Spirit means that the grace of God is at work in your life. Think about that. And God's grace is God doing something. God working in your life, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And listen, if your faith is not in that which pleases Him, then you shut Him down. And Galatians chapter 5, verses 1-4 through 4 says, Christ can't profit you, He can't affect you. We're talking about the church. Now people who hear this teaching and turn it off, now I don't agree with all that. They're going to, they're going to, God's going to keep dealing with them. We're not going to get mad because they throw us out. I remember the first time I listened to the ministers on the radio preaching the message of the cross, I turned it off. I said, who needs that? They've been in, those folks have been in ministry 50 years. Why are they still talking about the cross? I understand that fleshly mindset. But if you think you just come in the kingdom through faith in the blood and then that was it for that and you got to find a way now to get the provision, the power, and the presence of God, you're outside looking in. You've only got a form. You never forget the church in Sardis that Jesus told John to write to and let them know. Everybody in the community in the region gives them a name that they're alive. But I, Jesus, say you are dead separated. That's what the word dead means. You're separated from what I'm doing. You've fallen from grace. You, and he tells them, you better get back. He tells them first, you better strengthen that which remains. And all they had remaining was that faith. They never let go of that faith at the beginning. They, they couldn't be talked out of that it was the blood that saved them and brought them in. That's all they had remaining. But there were Revelation chapter 3, go read it. He tells them, your works are not perfect before me. What's the only thing that allows a work to be perfect? If the Lord is functioning in it, He is the only one that works a perfect work. And we're talking about grace now. We're talking about God functioning, God working in and through us that the works be perfect. They left the cross. Now their faith was in all these things. And boy, they had that form of godliness, but they were denying the power, and men didn't know it. Men thought they were a church alive is worth the drive. But boy, Jesus shows up through a letter through John and says, Oh, you got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Somebody's listening to me today, and you know the Holy Spirit's dealing with you right now. Don't reason the truth out of your heart. Don't let the enemy steal this word you've heard today out of your heart. He can steal it out of your heart. If you begin to reason what you've heard today away, instead of reasoning with the Lord and His word, and let Him have dominion over your life, let Him rule you by His Spirit through your faith in the cross. He's bringing you back to faith and grace instead of a fake bunch of stuff. 
Think about that. He's bringing you back. You better come back. Let him bring you back. When you get back, all the things you were worried about would be lost. You're going to be glad that you learned to count them dung for the sake of the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that knowledge that excels you into the plan and the will of God. Hallelujah. We've run out of time. Uh, join us Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page for this Romans teaching and also Friday mornings cross time with Pastor Curtis at 9 a.m. Central Time. We began a new series last Friday morning entitled Righteousness. You want to be sure and join us every Friday morning for that live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless.